to what you're saying. So welcome to episode four of the Markup by Mediaverse. We're taking a look at the issue of street racing, drag racing, basically car culture in the city of Memphis. Uh, we've had a great discussion uh, previously. Uh, we talked to, we were in the streets, talking to people who were directly impacted by uh, street racing and drag racing. And so let's just talk about what we learned from those particular episodes. Melanie, you want to start us off? I would probably say that the biggest thing that I learned is that there are not a lot of resources for residents to rebuild or even you know, have a say in their public safety when their communities are kind of being overtaken um, by cars that are racing through or not enough speed bumps. You know, there's an issue with speed bump requests as Dante and Lauren talked about in episode two or feeling like there's not enough uh, streetlights at intersections or how certain communities um, in parts of our city have cut through streets. So you can probably ask a lot of people, do you have a cut through street in your neighborhood. And so it kind of creates these thoroughfares through residential communities where people really don't adhere to the speed limits. So what is the recourse for residents that may have had a number of car accidents um, in their backyards or street poles that have been knocked down seven and eight times um, within a calendar year? Um, it just seems like there's a lot of resources that are being spent in improving that infrastructure, but not necessarily the public safety of residents in certain communities that are being plagued by this. I mean, I live on the street. I mean, if you want to come by out here in East Memphis, you can definitely see the tire tracks up and down our freshly uh, paved uh, street here that was paved over the summer. I remember my daughter and I, we were out riding our bicycles and a car just came racing through and started doing a donut right there at the four-way stop. And they saw us on the bicycle. And I, I guess I had a very disapproving look on my face and they just kept right on going. But, you know, how can we be safe enough to even, you know, ride bicycles in our street or even feel like, you know, we can get in our bike lanes, which we do have in East Memphis, but they're also often used as passing lanes um, mm. on some of our streets. So we don't feel safe enough to ride our bicycles, whether in our neighborhood or to even get down, you know, Kirby Parkway or Riverdale to get to the Green Line or to get to the Shelby Farm. So in a lot of ways, it makes us feel very disconnected to the city infrastructure and public safety plan. I, I know that since we started recording uh, episodes and, report and sort of doing our coverage on this particular issue, that the city of Memphis has the city of Memphis has passed some ordinances related to this. Do you think that that's going to make a difference in what we see in our community? Um, I went and checked my mailbox earlier and I could definitely hear a race happening on 385. 
So we definitely have an increase in officers in our streets. Um, they're positioned in certain spots. Um, I can definitely sleep through the night and not necessarily hear a lot of the street racing or, you know, they go into a parking lot and they're doing their stunts and shows and stuff like that. Um, so that has definitely decreased. So the noise pollution has definitely gone down, but in terms of the reckless driving and the reckless speeding, I am probably still seeing the same amount of accidents that I've seen previously. So I don't even know if it's just an issue of racing. I think it's more so of the reckless driving culture that is here in Memphis. I think we definitely need to make a distinction because sometimes you could just drive down the street and somebody cuts you off or if somebody is in the far right lane and they're cutting across six lanes of traffic to turn into a gas station that that's at the corner you know so, so there, there's so a lot of yeah there's no concrete barriers on certain streets so i can cut across six lanes of traffic to get to the shopping center or to the gas station that's there so there's just some issues with reckless driving and speeding and not necessarily car culture or street racing it's definitely an issue though yeah and it's not it's an issue that's not related to well only related to muscle cars i mean i've seen mm -hmm. hoopties take out three you know cross three right. four lanes of toyota corolla right <laughs> you know just straight up endangering lives um, right so yes it's definitely more than that it, and i agree with you that it has more to do with recklessness than anything else right and even just to look at some of the posts um on next door which is how i uh, met dante um just looking at some of the posts on next door like people are literally pleading if you know public safety officers are reading like if you sit right here at this corner you will catch reckless drivers and we really don't see that presence there but they're in other places um i'm just not sure how we could really fix it i don't know if it's something with you know taking driving school or driving tests seriously like how do you enforce that 24 hours a day on every street in a major metropolitan area and the thing it, it exactly and the thing that makes it even worse is that you also have laws where that allow people to carry weapons in their cars and uh you know road rage and that just makes everything worse correct uh, we also talked to Daniel Conley of the Commercial Appeal about his coverage of the issue. Yeah, that was good stuff. I learned some stuff too, and, and the things that didn't make the article. Right. I thought it was mm -hmm. interesting that he hadn't really considered, you know, asking the folks in the car club, you know, for about members that had died, but he noticed the pendant. Right. Or the young man that said, I can't really talk to you because of my safety, but there was no connection with that initially but then it came oh well what right. could be the dangers like there, there's like getting arrested right <laughs> shot at you know pulled over by the cops and harassed and god knows what happens after that but i didn't yeah. there was a racetrack by the airport you said memphis international no, there's, there's a there's a um there's international raceway in the city and it's in millington oh that yeah. one okay, i just heard yeah. memphis international i was like yeah over there. Yeah, I think he sort of misspoke, but yeah, there's an international raceway. So far away. So runs it. And do they allow that? They do they do drag racing, they do a little bit of everything over there. So um mm -hmm. I think it's I think that's one of the venues. But I think to to their point, 
I mean, there are a lot of vacant um, commercial spots in the city that could easily be transformed to something that could be conducive to the type of safe stunts that we see in the parks. Mm -hmm. but, that, that, that would require investors willing to make that type of investment. But how do they know that that is something that to be invested in? It, I guess it, exactly. It's not even recognized as part of a larger culture that's a part of Memphis. It, 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 no? Exactly. It, they, they wouldn't know it unless the city sort of examines the issue. And instead of saying, okay, we're going to put more cops on the beat to say, well, maybe there's a way for us to resolve this issue to make it easier for people to not only participate in it, but also increase public safety. And let's, let's like we put it in a skate park, you know? Right, right. and you know- It's just I, like putting it in a skate park, but for muscle vehicles. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that, you know, even with that group that he met up with at that incredible pizza, which has been closed for how long now? And much of what's at Hickory Hill Mall, nothing else is there. They even took out the Shelby County government office right. out, of, out of that mall. So there's nothing there. So you have this huge commercial property in the middle of Hickory Hill that's not being utilized. And so they're like, well, it's a blighted property. Well, it's not necessarily blighted, but the incredible pizza is kind of just there. But to kind of use that space. And to have it with that juxtaposition, I thought it was interesting how he brought up the boredom versus connection or community. Right. So we and criminalize, or it's seen as boredom, I guess, but to get a car and to fix it up and to drive and do this stuff, is it really motivated by boredom? No, I don't think it's motivated by boredom, but right. I, I, I mean, it's the a community pandemic. aspect, definitely. Yeah, yeah, the right. community aspect is, I think, moves larger. But what I found interesting in his comments, and I guess this is episode four, so <laughs> final episode already. Um, what I found interesting in his comments was how it was the videographer's idea that they that they um, drive around the parking lot so mm -hmm. they can get video of them driving around the parking lot. And when that car went through the line, that made that was the lead of his story. Exactly. That mm -hmm. was, oh, that little small moment. Right. So being reckless and we're talking about people but they weren't being reckless they were yeah, they were at the driving, command of the as, yeah. as a photographer and right so they were right? being extra careful but this car went through there so I, I meant to ask them about this and I didn't and I didn't because they revised that part of the story that that's that originally I think the, the story read that that was an example of the risk that, that these that these Holes on the streets of Memphis, or something like that. But mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, that's that's that shows uh, gives you some context for the for the. I, I can read it here. I, I'm right, right. Because it does, yeah, makes a very dangerous suggestion. It's kind of like, yeah, what so, connections are we supposed to make by we're leading by that very small moment, but taking completely out of context of this whole moment where people have neatly posted their cars, they're lined up. We see people walking around, they're taking pictures. Very right. safe environment, people are playing music. Right, so so he says, so the lead of the story is that the members of the Memphis Car Club drove their powerful Dodge vehicles into the Hickory Hill parking lot and climbed out. And then a sports car on a nearby road whipped by the past group, its engine roaring, and the club president said, that's not, you know, not with us. 
right? And so then later, it says, the third paragraph is later, as the club members slowly drove their tricked out cars around the parking lot for cameras, which he mentioned for cameras, including the commercial appeals camera, another driver not in the group cut his car through the line of vehicles risking a crash. And then the next sentence is, the moment illustrates some of the dueling elements in the growing Memphis, Memphis muscle car culture. It didn't wow. come across like that when I first read it, right? That's wow. almost like, that's almost like, okay, I'm giving you context for this group. They're trying to be safe, but there's still an element of danger here. Um, but it didn't come across that because when the commercial field initially report, you know, promoted the story, it's like, you know, these people are being dangerous on our, on our right. streets. Or even the mention of the criminality surrounding the cars. They're the most stolen, you right. know, type of car. And I was like, but is it just an extension of this car culture? Grab life by the horns. That's the slogan for Dodge. Like, I remember watching those commercials, even when we look at the guys that drive the, the jacked up Tahoes or the mm -hmm. F, he's sitting on the big wheels, chromed out, got the bars running through it, built for it tough. Is it just another iteration of what car culture looks like in America? If we are lending ourselves to these slogans, marketing tactics of these American companies that sell these cars, very fast cars, strong looking cars, is it just not an extension of that or is it some type of deviant criminal activity? So, I have some concerns about that. So depending on the list that you look at, mm -hmm. I, Muscle cars aren't really on that. I mean, it's still like the Honda Civic and Honda. Right. Hondas right. are still the most stolen cars on the thing, you know, in America. So, and I used to drive one and I was carjacked one. So, you know, right. I was I remember back in the day, Honda. yeah. Mid 90s, yeah. everyone was crazy about the Honda Civic CRX, the hatchback. Mm -hmm. That's like the deal for a number of years. So I feel you on that. As soon as you said Honda Civic, so it's like, you know, I, I, I think it's a, it was a great conversation. I think this, this topic in and of itself, um, the nuances of it, how, how it doesn't really match up with what our expectations are and how difficult it is to sort of pinpoint when somebody's racing versus, you know, just reckless driving. I mean, it's not as clear cut as it seems. But it does seem like there's going to be an increased amount of police activity and an increased amount of incarceration, um, ticketing, or whatever you want to call it. Of who? Of who, Richard? Exactly. Of who? Say the young, the young people, black and brown communities in particular. Oh. Oh. So with the um, emphasis, no. But seriously, I mean, but 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 look at it this way: Are we right. tap dancing so, around that in the reporting? I think that's a, well. Are we skirting? Are we skirting around it? I think we are skirting around it because if you look at if there's no racial requirement on a muscle car, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right. it's across the diaspora, muscle car owners, right? And it's and not sure just. And, and if you look at the videos on, if you look at the videos on YouTube. It's not just black people that's out there. It's white people, Come on. It's Hispanics, it's, it's old folks, it's young Asian folks. communities. It's, it's, yeah. it's across, it's across, you know, it's across the board. And so, but if you look at programs like Blue Crush, where they crush the data and they focus on hotspot areas, if they know the MLK is, is the area where these people 
in South Third Street or areas where these people congregate, then they're going to send on, on a Sunday, and then they're going to send the police there, and that's where they're going to make their, that's where they're going to make the bulk of their arrests. And they just so happen to be black and brown people in those, you know, in those areas, right? And, and so, I just want to, yeah, I want to know what civic life is supposed to look like for those that want to participate in car culture in Memphis, but their communities aren't even positioned to sustain it. There is right. nowhere to go. Um, there's no cruising downtown. We have the ordinances in place to really take care of the noise pollution that was going on with it. So now what will we do to kind of invest in the communities that are showing that there is a thriving right. culture here? I mean, that car dealership is not complaining about sales. I mean, were they? No. I don't think I picked up on that at all. They're delighted. <laughs> they're extremely delighted. So there is a consumer aspect to this. So how much money has been generated by car sales when we're talking about the Audi Car Club, Nissan, Ford, Dodge? Has there been a spike in these sales? And what does that mean in terms of this culture? Are we making decisions? Are we making investment decisions about that? So if the cars are selling through the roof, well, maybe we need to put something of motorsports out in this area is it certain dealerships in certain parts right. of the city i would like to know yeah i think that that's that's a great point um, i think that you think i should you find out i think you should find out I, I think it's giving great indications of things that 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 are out of the box because you wouldn't necessarily think of motorsports in this particular aspect as something that would be a community project but it may be because, you know, especially if you have, especially if you have people who are lined up on certain, you know, long stretch roads like South Third Street is, because that's a perfect place for, that's a perfect place to cruise if you want to cruise. But, um, you know, it will bring them off those streets and give them a venue where they can do what they need to do, or, you know, congregate, you know, commute, you know, be a community in a safer, safer environment. So I think but then that there's always that concern that when there are congregations of people in public spaces in Memphis, something tragic tends to overshadow those moments. So right. how do we right. get there? How do we right. get there? And so when you have so when you have like the police director talk about, you know, the number of arrests, the number of arrests that have happened in, in the city. Or the, you know finding guns in cars and drugs and alcohol. I mean, I think that that sort of scares people into thinking that there's a lot of criminal activity that happens at these places. And I, I mean, I, I I would do worry about that. And so that's I think that's one of the byproducts of being black and brown in a city like this, where we're slowly conditioned to be afraid of black people. That's a great point. What you say?